Welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Intentional exists to help parents in their God-given task to raise passionate Jesus followers. We exist to bring hope, help, and healing to families. Each week, we will talk about anything from parenting, marriage, lifestyle, and what it looks like to follow Jesus in our time. Intentional is made up of Phil and Diane Comer and Brooke and Elizabeth Moser. I am Brooke, and the funny thing is, we are all family. Elizabeth is Phil and Diane's daughter, so we're a family figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. But welcome back to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about some stuff today. We are eating monkey chips. Are these called? Why are they called monkey chips? Because they're plantain chips, but the Trader Joe's bag of them has a monkey on it. Oh. So our kids started calling it monkey chips. So we mm-hmm. call them monkey chips. <laughs> I can't remember if it was Duke was joking or one of the little kids was asking, like, is this made with monkey? And I was like, oh, oh man. <laughs> no, these are not made with monkeys. Um, these are great, though. Um, all that said, welcome back. Thank you for everybody who has rated and subscribed and left a comment. Thank you. If you could just pause for 15 seconds and rate the podcast and even leave a comment, that's so helpful for us. And thank you for our growing community on Instagram and social media. We'd love to know how you're doing. So please, if you're listening to an episode, just uh, you can screenshot it and share it. We would just love to know. Tag us in it. And we'd love to share that with the world as well. So thank you for everybody who's doing that. Today, we want to talk about uh, a phrase that uh, recently came up and has been honestly a a kind of convicting phrase. And I'll tell you where it came from. So the other day I want to shout out to John Tyson. John Tyson, um, he's been on the podcast before. He does something called Primal Path, which is great. He's a great human. And um, he sends out this this email every other week or every week. And it just had this phrase in it. Uh, He sends it. And I often, I mean, this is no offense to John or anybody that has an ongoing email list, but I'm not always reading everyone because you can't, you can't always do that. But I saw this phrase and it popped up and it was the practice of these nothings. So John, I would like to say thank you for the journey you took me on uh, with St. Teresa of Lazoo because uh, it's, it's been a fun one and honestly inspiring this podcast today. So um, we want to talk about the practice of these nothings and this wonderful saint and how she practiced and coined something called the, the little way mm-hmm. which is beautiful uh you know you have the idea of the the desert mother and father's kind of idea mm-hmm. but you know honestly there's so much richness and maybe would it be helpful if i just gave like two seconds on this gal real quick yeah um go for it so yes. as i kind of like looked into it a little bit um so she became a carmelite nun in the late 19th century and she was uh i think she was when she was 15 years old um she did nothing in her life that would have been described as heroic. Um, so for that person who's sitting here listening to this and you're like, I've done nothing incredible, nothing heroic. You're not alone with, with St. Teresa. Um, she lived an obscure life and in this uh, monastery in a small town in France. And she actually ended up dying of tuberculosis at 24, um, mm. which is crazy. Just And her story is very interesting. Um, and then later on, in actually all the way later in like 1997, uh, she was actually recognized by one of the popes uh, to be made a saint. And she was one of the greatest saints in modern time. And the question becomes, why? 
Mm-hmm. Why is this person, this this gal, known for uh, godliness and sainthood and all that? And she practiced something called uh, the little way, which was incredible. She was really in touch with with this reality. She didn't want to become famous. She didn't want to become an influencer. She actually said, no, the way to up is actually down. Mm-hmm. The way to actually bless the world is to become smaller and not take more, it's to give more. And so we wanted to talk about, it just spurred a lot for our team and the idea of what is the little way? Because Jesus calls us to that, like in the scriptures, it's called other things, but mm-hmm. uh, Jesus calls us to the little way. He also calls us to the the, the practice of nothings, the mm-hmm. things that feel so mundane and so uh, ongoing and not exciting, but usually are the things that shape us the most and uh, in, in most greatest ways. And so we wanted to take a second and talk about that today and talk about how these nothings can inspire and shape you. So mm-hmm. I will open the table. First thoughts on this team. What what are your first thoughts as you've heard this and as you're processing this? Well, when you're saying that, I'm thinking of John the Baptist, of how he you know, lots and lots of people, even religious leaders, were flocking out of the city to go see him in the desert there to be baptized by him. And what he said about Jesus and his relation to Jesus is he recognized that he needed to decrease so that Jesus could increase. So I I think this Teresa was, had read her Bible. (laughs) and realize that it's not about her becoming this great person and influential person and recognized person, but it's about making Jesus great. And that often includes a lot of the little way. Yes. The little things that we do every day of our lives are willing to do, step in to do, that make Jesus known and make him great. Um, one yeah. of her one of her quotes um, that I that I was able to pull up mm-hmm. uh, says, "My mortifications consisted in breaking my will, always so ready to impose itself on others, in holding back a reply, in uh-huh. rendering little services without any recognition, in not leaning my back against a support when seated, <laughs> just like she would just oh, sit yeah. up straight, she oh, wouldn't God. even lean back." It was through the practice of these nothings that I prepared myself to become the fiance of Jesus. Oh, wow. I've never heard that phrase before. Um, You know, but I think there's not a young mom alive who couldn't say that her whole life is that. I think this is one of the greatest, hardest, but greatest gifts that comes out of the little years of parenting. I think so too. And just anybody listening who's in the little years and feeling like they're drowning. First of all, I don't think there's a mom on the planet that doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like she's drowning in the little years at Mm -hmm. some point. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you're doing a bad job. I actually think it's created by design to be this like Mm -hmm. grating experience Mm -hmm. that is quite literally just, I mean, for lack of a better analogy, like grating away the things that need to go. Mm -hmm. And it's in the the daily, you know, what do you, you guys always joke, the hard thing about parenting is that it's mm-hmm. so daily, you know, and I think it is the little years of parenting that does that mm-hmm. to us. It's the millionth diaper change. Mm-hmm. It's the 
being late again because it takes too long to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. It's the getting up in the middle of the night. Some of us don't mind being late. That's the interesting part. Mm -hmm. Some of us do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I know we've, we've quoted this book so much and I still just love it so much. Um, And we've talked about this before, but Domestic Monastery by Ronald Rollheiser. The whole premise of the book is basically how Mm -hmm. the process of raising children is so similar to the process of being a monk and what it does to you spiritually. But he tells the story of Carlo Corretto, who um, was a a desert father. He was a monk. He was a desert father, lived in the Sahara Desert for years, praying by himself. And yet it says he confessed that he felt his mother, who spent nearly 30 years raising children, was much more, um, com- much more, I'm going to, bumbling the word, comp. What is that word? Oh, contemplative. 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 There we go. Yes. Contemplative. Then he was yes. and less selfish. And yes. he suggested that the conclusion <laughs> we can draw that it, that it was, uh, there's nothing wrong with the long, hours of solitude that he spent in the desert, but that there was something very right about this, the years his mother had lived, yeah. an interrupted life amid the noise and demands of small children. Oh, that's just, that's so good. And I feel like that should just encourage us yes, so much. But how often do we hear from moms, I'm just not getting enough time reading my Bible, or I'm not yeah. doing enough of this, or I'm not doing, mm-hmm. and we say all the time how important it is to be in the word, and we're not discounting that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we so often can't see the formation that is happening in us yeah. because we're lacking so much time and yeah. things that we want to do and the needs are ever before mm-hmm. us. Like that is formation in and of itself, yeah. mm-hmm. which I think it's segueing right into one of your points. You are enjoying content brought to you by Intentional, a crowdfunded nonprofit that desires to help families and marriages all around the world in the area of discipleship and spiritual formation. This offering is completely free thanks to the generosity of our growing community of Legacy Builders. Legacy Builders is a group of people from all around the world that give monthly to fuel this dream that we have in our hearts of seeing discipleship to Jesus in the family become a way of life. A monthly gift of $5, $10, or even $30 can continue to fuel this ministry forward. Our dream is to invite people like you to join and partner with us at a financial level and see this work integrated into families. So as you listen to this podcast, would you prayerfully consider joining us? Would you allow the Spirit to lead you, even if it's just to a few dollars a month? Thank you so much, and may the Spirit of Jesus give you wisdom, clarity, and joy as you pray about joining us. And if you want to join today, go to intentionalparents.org and click on Give. (laughs) I gave you a perfect segue. You gave me a perfect segue. I just don't know which one you're referring to. The first one, the be aware of the bigger story you're in. Well, actually, yeah. Well, we want to give you four things, but we're going to talk in and out of this. So, um, (laughs) but basically, how do you practice these nothings? How, what yeah. does it look like to practice nothing or, or the little the little way, way right? Little that way. idea. And um, first thing, because Elizabeth <laughs> did segue me, but I really butchered it because I didn't realize you were doing that, yeah, is, is the first one is be aware of the bigger story you're in, mm-hmm. the bigger story of your family, the bigger story of your stage of life. Um, mm-hmm. I think a couple of weeks ago when Barry Gridley was on, my therapist, he said, you know, one of the most important things that he's learned is that 
that this will pass. Like Mm -hmm. this stage will not always be the same. And the hard moment that feels really hard will not always be really hard, Lord willing. And certain, certain parts, you know, certain levels of maybe chronic illness or suffering might, but there's other stages like young kids, older kids, all that, like it changes a lot. And I think that's always a good thing to hold on to when you're having a very particularly hard week, a hard Mm -hmm. month, um, a hard, a hard challenge or situation with one of your kids. And so mm-hmm. being aware of the bigger story you're in, I think is one of the ways that we mm-hmm. practice these nothings or walk in the little way. Thoughts on that? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think if by being aware of the bigger story that we are, I mean, you look in the epistles and mm-hmm. the apostles who wrote them, many of them, start off with Paul, especially probably the most famous of yes. all of the followers of Jesus ever, starts every letter off saying, Paul, a servant of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, Paul, yes. a slave of Jesus Christ. And he expected to suffer because of choosing to be a servant and yes. a slave of Jesus Christ, where somehow we were just talking a little bit during our break of somehow we've all swallowed a little bit more than we realize of the prosperity gospel. The idea that Mm. if I follow Jesus, I'm going to have all my dreams come true and realize that I'm going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and famous now, now famous as well, because that seems to be really important. I'm kind of an influencer. An influencer. (laughs) An influencer. And that is so opposite of, um, I did a study last year of the Beatitudes, and where, you know, we hear that God blesses those who, or blessed are those yes. who. Another way of saying that is Jesus was basically setting up, these are the people who flourish. Mm-hmm. We think we're going to flourish if we have all the money we need yes. to pay all of the bills and then some, put braces on our kids, dress cute, do whatever it is, you know, our decorate our house new every five years because we're watching everybody on Instagram do that. And <laughs> we that we think that's what's going to make us flourish um, or other things. But but Jesus says in um, in Matthew five, verse, uh, let's see here, verse five, God blesses those who are gentle and lowly. Mm. for the whole earth will belong to them. So flourishing mm. is the man or the woman or the parent or the child or the teenager yes. who is gentle and low, lowly for the whole earth will belong to them. There's a freedom and pros- real prosperity. And there. isn't that mm. word blessed actually better translated happy? Happy yep. or flourishing. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, re- it's the phrase uh, Matthew 25, 21. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. And so much of of Jesus Jesus served us. And so the question is, how can we understand that our role right now in your marriage and in Mm -hmm. your family, maybe even as a parent, even maybe you don't have kids, how is your role as a servant, which is what we're all called to be, how is that not only shaping you, but but really I think it's important before we even move on to the second one is is to recognize how important that actually is to live into. Like how much the world works better, your life works better, there is flourishing mm-hmm. when you take the posture of a servant and how quickly it's destroyed like a wildfire yep. in California. Uh, 
when you decide to just do your things your way yep. and live for yourself. Bill. Yeah, and the, I'm thinking of the phrase that the kingdom of Jesus is an upside down kingdom. Yes, yeah. yes. You know, the oh, way yeah, to, yeah. The way to up that. is down. Mm-hmm. And it's just so backwards to the American way. Like, you know, American yes. Idol, influencer. <laughs> how many people are following me? I want to be great. I want to be rich. I want everybody to, you know, think I'm amazing. And I've been told I'm amazing. Ever since I was like, you know, yeah. it's Mommy backwards from Jesus' kingdom. So all these scriptures are just running through my mind because, you know, I like to think if I want to know how to handle the situation, look to Jesus and see how he handled it. You know, yep. always look to him because he is he yep. is our example. He's a perfect example. And he said... Uh, in Matthew 20, um, he, he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and that their great men exercise authority over them. It's not so among you. He's talking to his disciples. You who follow me, whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Yes. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. But they didn't stop there. Just as the Son of Man, which was Jesus' favorite title of himself, he didn't say, I'm God, bow down before me. So he called himself the Son of Man. Yeah. Because he was fully human and fully God. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve mm-hmm. and to give his life a ransom for many. And I've watched Diane and now Elizabeth, you know, pour out your life for your children. And Brooke, you do mm-hmm. the same thing. You're a great father, but it's just a constant pouring out. <laughs> and then last night we had our three grandsons, our three oldest ones. You know, Sloan's the youngest at four. Jews the oldest is 17, 17, 14, and 13. But they're still teenagers, and we had to get them up at four in the morning. And yeah. Diane, I'm just watching her. She's mom again. I said to the kids, she's being your mom. She's yeah. listing everything to remember. Here's medication that has to be taken at five. And she's being a mom. <clears throat> she would rather have taken her bath and read and gone to sleep. <laughs> but she's serving, mm-hmm. serving, 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 serving. Yes. And um, I think you can only do that in the power of the Lord, but it's the way of Jesus. Yes. And um, you mentioned John the Baptist, which got me thinking, where is that? And I found it. Matthew 11, 11, Jesus said, truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there's not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist, yeah. Yeah. yet he who was least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Wow. So he's saying... You know, we start off oh. with uh, the saint. What's yeah. her name again? Teresa, Teresa of Lisieux. Yeah, yeah. And, and they call her a saint. And and the thing is, I, what I want to say is the Bible says every believer is a saint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all yes. called saints. And so, you know, I, when we make someone a saint, that's that's an unbiblical thing. I think they're just mm-hmm. saying this person's life is worthy of model. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when you go past that and say this person was exalted and we pray to that person, that that's not in the Bible. But Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul writes to the saints who are in Philippi, yeah. Colossians, to the saints in Colossae, Ephesians, to the mm-hmm. saints, mm-hmm. to the saints. It means yes. the true believers, the holy ones. We're all mm-hmm. saints in God's eyes. We've been totally forgiven. The Spirit of God lives in us, but then we have to live out our identity. So this yes. Teresa, she lived out her identity. Mm, she yes. laid down her life, and I've watched Diane lay down her life, and still is, and Elizabeth, and it's 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 a giving. And personally, I'm really bad at it. Mm. So like, thank you for your confession. During, during all of Camp Comer, <laughs> I found myself doing dishes, feeling sorry for myself because I'm watching Diane just enraptured in one of our her kids. You're with John Mark or with Tammy, and I go, I want to go talk to them, but somebody's got to do the dishes. This place is a disaster. <laughs> and as soon as you clean it up, it was a disaster again. Uh, yes. And I'm like, got my violin out. You know, I'm so you know, I'm just. <laughs> we should a, definitely have I'm violin music how to for be you. A servant. Yeah. And then Diane said, Well, you know what? It's just hard for you. 
And it is because I've always been like leading worship, preaching, you know. Uh, You've been in the she, front she facing goes, roles. She goes, yeah. I had to lay down my life for 30 years. So wow. it's just like, it's just like second nature to me. That's <laughs> The really fact good. is so. I just have a lot, and I think this is true of parents who are really involved in the early years. I have a lot of practice. So yeah. I do remember being young and feeling how hard it was. And mm. do I also remember it getting easier and easier and easier. And I had a mentor who really, I must have poured this out to her, how hard it is to serve. And, you, you know, when you have little children, you get nothing in return. Mm -hmm. and with our teenage grandchildren, they woke up this morning. One of them, Moses, woke up this morning. It's like 10 to 5. And he's thanking us for every single thing that had happened in the last few days. You know, yeah, just exactly. Before 5 a.m. Like, you know, a teenagers, you know, I feel like many teenagers, you serve them and they give back with lots of affection and, you know. Or but you when they're little, see, you don't get anything. Yes. Back. And you don't always see the fruits of your labor. Whereas no. I feel like when you've labored and labored when they're younger, you start to get to see the yeah, fruit of it. You so you see the fruit of all that correction yeah. and teaching and training. Yeah. You should write a book. Rewarding. And serving. Labor Just fruits. Labor fruits. <laughs> labor fruits. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I had a mentor say, Diane, you need to pray that God would enlarge your heart's capacity to love yes. well. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, that's great. I mean, I, what I wanted was sympathy, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But she was pointing out that my heart was still pretty shrunk, pretty small. And my, my capacity to actually serve without expecting anything in return, which is love, mm. yeah. um, was, was pretty stunted. The American, um, being raised in America doesn't necessarily raise people with real strong hearts, with full capacity to love well. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. I think those early years of children really increase my capacity to love well. Mm. And I think it should be the whole rest of our lives. Our hearts are, are growing in the capacity to love. Yeah. But I see a lot of people my age, the kids are all gone. Um, and I feel the temptation myself. The house stays clean and neat all the time now. Yeah. Everybody, because there's only two of you at the very most, puts their dishes in the dishwasher. <laughs> like Elizabeth, <laughs> we're at Elizabeth's house right now, sitting at her kitchen table. Her sink is full of dishes because I'm the only one that magically the makes them disappear. That is not true. That that's is not a lie. true. Couple in there, and that's, I didn't even put them in the demonic dishwasher. That's a demonic lie. I didn't you either. Need, no, you I didn't, didn't either. <laughs> wow, you guys, that's amazing. But I, I just think I just love this term, the little way. I <laughs> the think this way. is yeah. the little way is the way to a big heart capacity to love well for the rest of our lives yeah, yeah. and yeah. and it doesn't surprise me that often people who have learned this become the great leaders of our era that's so true that's a great to say yeah, great observation and who know how to bring a team together to do something mighty and significant mm. most of those people learned the little way first i think when we started talking about you know uh being having the heart of a servant. That's really yeah. what this is. Yeah. Yes. Um, the first thing that came to my mind is where Jesus said, I am among you as mm -hmm. the one who yes. serves. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's yeah. Jesus created the universe with God the Father. And yet he says, I'm among you. I thought, oh, yeah. that must that must be in John where he washed the disciples' feet, but it's okay. not. It's in Luke. 
In John, though, remember what he did. He takes up the towel the night before mm-hmm. he went to the cross, and he washes the feet of the disciples. Yep. And oh, yeah. he did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then he said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. Or give your kids another bath. Or yes. give another <laughs> diaper. Brooke, that is for you for, <laughs> for bath number 1035. <laughs> but in Luke, he he is it's he is where that phrase is. In Luke mm. 22, 27, he says, Who is greater? The one who reclines at table or the one who serves? Yeah. Is not the one who reclines at table, but I am among you mm-hmm. as the one who serves. And yes. I just thought. So Man, I, think, I, I have a long ways to go. Well, bringing it back to what we're talking about with the little way and practicing these nothings, that's the bigger story that we're in. So yes. I think you first have to be aware that you are a part of generation upon generation upon generation of Jesus follower yeah. who has taken the little way. Yep. And you can be comforted in knowing that the little way is the way of, of success if uh, how, yeah. how Jesus defines it in the upside down mm-hmm. kingdom. And so you have to be aware of the bigger story. Before I go into number two, do you have something for this one, Diane? Or do you want to save it for number two? Or save number it four? for number two. Save for, okay, so the second thing. So be aware of the bigger story you're in. Number two, how is God using these nothings to help shape you? That's a question to ask yourself. Wow. Mm-hmm. How is God using these nothings to shape you? Um, Phil, you kind of mentioned a little bit in you. It's it's teaching mm-hmm. you about not feeling sorry for yourself in those moments and learning, wow, I need to practice serving other people Um for others, it might be not grumbling or complaining, or for others, it might just be having the right perspective when you're about to do the 1,677th bath mm-hmm. uh, of of that time yeah, or something or like that. dying to the need for recognition, mm-hmm. or you owe me because I did this for you. You mm-hmm. need to do this for me, a transactional right. relationship. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good that, one. The transactional yeah. relationship. Yeah, I do this yeah. because you do this. Coming mm-hmm. back to John 13, though that Phil just read through Jesus washing his disciples' feet. I love the way it begins, um, where it says that Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. He now showed the disciples the full extent of his love, is what the New Living says, the full extent of his love. So again, the end goal of our lives is not greatness, it's love. Yes. It's loving people Mm -hmm. around us, it's loving God with with just intimate clarity, but also I love this in verse three. It has to, this has to do with identity. Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. I feel like um, much of this learning the little way is if you have a solid identity of who you really are, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. When that's your identity, that is the way of flourishing. That is the way of love. That is the real way of greatness according to the way that Jesus defines it. Um, And then as soon as, you know, there's that explanatory verse, verse three, Jesus knew that God had given him authority. He knew who he was. He had all this authority. He knew who he was, his identity. So in verse four, the very next sentence, so he got it from the table. Oh, after all of that, yeah. tolerance poured, you know. So because he understood his identity, his true worth, therefore he, he was got able up and to serve. Wow! So it's our lack of understanding mm. our identity, our true worth, 
that holds us back sometimes mm -hmm. from being able to serve with really hearts of love and gratitude. In a little way. Because it's a little, I mean, especially parenting in the little years or at all, yeah. it's, it's an obscure time. It's a very yes. obscure time. And it's a hard time. If you're enjoying this content and you want to go deeper, we have an amazing resource that we want to tell you about. It's the intentional film series, Raising Passionate Jesus Followers. Now, this is an incredible tool for you for spiritual formation in the family. And we created this film series to help parents in their God-given task to raise and disciple their own children. Now, our hope is that we're able to help you and give you some of the tools that I know we so desperately need as we're in the process of raising our kids and Phil and Diane have actually raised their kids. This is a nine session film series on the process of what raising a passionate Jesus follower actually looks like. There's some workable solutions in here. There's a bunch of wisdom from the scriptures and there's a bunch of practical help in your journey as you are raising your children. We cover all sorts of things like parental roles, goals versus values. What is discipline versus punishment? How do I create a heart of obedience in my child where they actually want to obey? What is a heart of self-control look like? Or how do I even help my child in the process of character development? We cover that and so many more things. You can use this film series in a variety of ways. You can use it at your home, preferably with your spouse if that's applicable, with a group of friends or in your community, or even through your local church. All you need to do is head over to our website, intentionalparents.org, click on film series, and then follow the prompts. We have a bunch of other resources there that you can check out, but we do pray that this blesses you in your pursuit of raising passionate Jesus followers. Well, I think, you know, Diane said, are you going to quote that verse? He was faithful over very little. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So Luke 16, 10, Jesus said he was faithful in a very little thing. Yep. Yeah. is faithful also in much. And then he goes on, he was unrighteous in a little thing, is unrighteous also in much. In other words, God's always watching to see if we are trustworthy because he wants to use us in a greater yeah. way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so I, I really think life is a test. Praise mm -hmm. is a test when yeah. people speak yes. well of, beware when all men speak well of you. Yeah. But um, uh, he not because he's, he, he wants to, you know, see if I can make him trip up. No, mm -hmm. it's because he wants to use you in a greater way Mm -hmm. to bring the love yeah. of God, yeah. to walk in the way of love. And so it's, and it's the little things that prove our faithfulness, yeah. Yeah. not the big things. Yeah. So, I mean, some That's people are really point. successful, but if you get inside what's really going on inside and the people that are around them, there's bloody bodies everywhere, whatever. Yeah. But uh, the other, <laughs> seriously, like you can do that. You can be successful visual. in stepping on people and smashing them all over the place. But yeah. when God looks at it, he's looking for, He's looking for the Amy Carmichael's. He's looking mm -hmm. for the Diane Comers. He's looking for, you know, yeah. um, Teresa. But um, I, the verse I thought of, you know, and I, I don't, when I read this, he's not talking just to, to mothers, but whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones, even a cup of cold water to drink, yeah. truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. Mm -hmm. Now he's talking about, the humble folk. He's talking about when you give to the poor, when you take care of the broken, the hurting, the yeah. wounded, you give them a cup of cold water. I'm going to reward you for yeah. that. So that's the little thing. And I, I think that's where rewards the, the heart of, yeah, God will test you. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, I'll speak for myself. I don't like little things, you know, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I wouldn't choose obscurity. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> and yet the Bible says in Zechariah 410, don't despise the day of small things. Yeah. And so there is a time where God mm -hmm. allows you to be in obscurity, mm -hmm. changing the 29th diaper in four days oh. or whatever doing the 1000th <laughs> bath yeah or i'm thinking of a professor of mine at multnomah gary friesen never got married 
super smart, you know, professor. And at one point he left, he retired from Multnomah Seminary to go take care of his aging parents because mm-hmm. it was the right wow. thing to do. So he goes off, <laughs> I forget where, Midwest someplace and takes care of his parents. My understanding wow. is till they went to be with the Lord and then he went to Africa <sighs> and put started putting together a library to help train wow. African, you know, leaders. Well, yeah, and what a so good. there's a guy that was faithful over little, but also um, laid down his life yeah. and yeah. still is. Leaving, I, I think that's the one, that's the idea of as you're in this space of what are those little things? I think it's asking that question, slowing down long enough. How is God using these nothings to shape you? Because mm-hmm. he really is, especially if you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's creating depth of character and understanding. I think when people say, uh, we have a dog, it's like having kids. I always say you have you don't have kids then because you have no, <laughs> yeah. you have no idea <laughs> what level of full uh, every sense every emotion yeah. that you potentially have having to go to a place of being surrendered and sacrificed. Yes. A dog just doesn't do that in the same yep. way. No offense to dog lovers, but it's it is that truth that yeah. when you have kids or or even in marriage you have that you know sir, laying down your life to serve the other person is is a constant battle in many ways so yeah. how we're using those nothings and ask yourself that question that's an important question to ask yeah. yourself i just got you know uh sorry i'm really tired i forgot we're talking about shaping i <laughs> mean okay. romans eight twenty nine. we got to at least say that here because we forget that yeah. you know god didn't save us just to take us to heaven when we die i mean i'm really glad that my sins have been forgiven and i'm going to be with the lord forever and i yeah. want my my kids there and my grandkids there um but it's that's he he's redeeming us every yeah. day yep. and making us more like him. And his goal is to conform us to the image of his son. Mm-hmm. And and that's how he's going to do it through yep. trials, through the little things, through mm-hmm. the, the rubbing the in, in marriage when you rub yep. against each other. So everybody likes to quote. Uh, <laughs> you didn't mean that. <laughs> oh, what did my, I say? You said when you're rubbing against each other in marriage, and I think that might've come across the wrong way. So I just started <laughs> laughing. So I was like, uh, it is good. I meant the tension. You meant the right. tension. I'm, I meant I'm, the... I'm just helping uh, anybody that's listening and maybe <laughs> misunderstanding what Bill's saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about the tension. Bill's the talking about iron sharpening iron. Yes. Tension. Yes. Keep anyway, going. everybody likes to quote Romans 8.28. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, but they don't quote the next verse, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Yes. And so God is is pursuing us and shaping us to mm-hmm. look more like Jesus. That's an yes. internal work. Yes, yes. And and when I was, you know, got my violin out because I was doing dishes, <laughs> what God was trying to do was make me more of a servant so oh. I could be more like him. You know, one, so Andrew. Because then I can be more of a blessing. Andrew Rothrock, who is, uh, he leads Riverbend, the church that we've been on staff at for a bit. And, uh, and now happy to say, even by the time this comes out, I'm Elizabeth and I are now all in with intentional, which is great. It's so exciting. We're loving, uh, just serving and being with you guys doing this full time. It's really fun. Um, but he said growing up his dad, he said, I don't know if it was like really damaging or really helpful. He said probably both, but his dad would basically say if he failed at something or was doing, you know, whether it's failing at something or not doing as great in a sport that he expected, he would kind of do the typical thing that people do, which is they feel sorry for themselves. You know, it's just like moping and feeling bad. And and his dad would just always say, hey, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Nobody, nobody really cares that much. You need to stop. <laughs> stop <laughs> feeling so sorry for yourself. Yeah. And 
And so he, you know, now he's like, it's actually kind of, it's like borderline unhealthy, but almost a really good gift mm-hmm. sometimes to not yeah. be distracted uh-huh. by my emotions in that way. Now, yeah. obviously he's like, there's this whole other range where it's like, you can just right. not feel sorry for yourself and, and turn off feelings. Yeah. But I think there's a, what there's you're a saying is important. Saying, yeah. There's yes. something so, there. There was a phrase that was popular for a while. I don't hear it so much anymore, but it's kind of telling the same idea. Get over yourself. Mm, You know, a little bit, I think, when you first have children, when a woman first becomes pregnant and is, you know, throwing up every meal. Oh, oh my goodness. And exhausted and tired and her body's changing shape. And then she thinks she can't wait to have this baby. And then the baby's born. Yeah. And she smells like spit up and she's up in the middle of the night. And these are great word pictures. Her body is out of control. I think there's nothing better to teach a woman to get over herself. Yeah. And to say, this is not about me. This is about bringing fully formed humans into the kingdom of God with me. But let's And, you know, you talked about the bigger story. That's the big story. Yes. For moms and dads, equally. Yeah. Yeah. Equally. It's not to make a name for yourself, it's to. It's our heart, our goal. We talk about it here in intentional. Our goal is to raise passionate Jesus followers, hmm. those who understand the way of Jesus. And and that's what we're trying to do, not make a name for us ourselves, not pass on, you know, great riches. Hmm. If that happens to some, that's wonderful. But yeah. Um the bigger story is that we are trying to raise the next generation of Jesus followers, leaders to the next generation. And that is going to require quite a bit of giving way in our lives, sacrifice in mm. our lives, the little way, cleaning up the dishes so that 17 Homers and Oppermans and Mosers could all be together mm. flourishing and being almost like a church within our little home. Um, yeah. But it required somebody cleaning up the dishes, Phil. And you volunteered, yeah. and it was beautiful. Well, but I it was beautiful. Jesus would have done it beautifully. <laughs> he would have taken the towel and done it beautifully. Whoa. Well, Andrew's dad, so, you know, don't feel sorry for yourself. My dad didn't say it quite that nice. He said, quit whining, yeah. or I'll give you something to whine about. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it was the same that. thing. It, it was like, hey, it's and not you, about. And you did it by quoting all the time, do all things without grumbling <laughs> or complaining right. as unto the Lord. It's not you, about you. You just put a spiritual twist That's on it. Right. You, you made it moral. All the time. You made it yeah. moral. That's right. But I think, quit grumbling and go make your bed. But I think there's something that you, Diane, you know, you're saying. It's not popular. So, so here's the truth. Yes. You're going to hear, some people are going to hear this and be like, Diane said, I have to get over myself. But <laughs> no, Instagram no. is telling me to value myself live my and, best life and to live, live my, my best, best life, life and to prioritize my needs and self-care and yeah. and so if you hear a mocking tone i'm not mocking those no. things they are valuable they are valuable, but they, they are, are definitely at least in this season of life because i'm alive in the same time belt that you are they are disproportionately highlighted right now yeah. and i think that can really get some of us off yeah. because the truth yeah. is when your kids are little you're not going to be having as yeah. much self-care it's it, it's one or the other. You don't get to have full self care and have kids. The and in, in that tension that we that often people live in, yeah. and that frustration that they live in, yeah. is the tension of them accepting the little way or accepting that yeah. right now this season of life is not going to be as yeah. uh, luxurious for me. It's not going to yeah. be as easy for me. Now that doesn't mean we don't have empathy about the hard stage, but please. And it doesn't mean we don't take care of ourselves. But no, no. I think where the lie is in that is that. You can have it all. 
you can, you can yeah. have the successful career, successful career. You can take care of yourself. You but, can kill it at raising your kids. You can do it all at once. You can right. kill it at raising your kids. <laughs> you, you know can what I mean? Kill- like you can be the perfect attachment parent. Like yes. you and you can do all of them at once. And the reality is it's just not true. Not true. Can I give a heads up though of what that looked like for us? Yeah. Practically, we we both, Elizabeth and I, had a couple things. This is just how it practically worked. This wasn't like, oh, we're going to sit down and maximize our life and get the most out of it. It was like practically there was probably one or two at max three things that each of us each day had to say, these are like really important things yeah. that we need. Yeah. And I need you to cover the kids so I can get them and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. And for Elizabeth... It was exercise. It was quiet in the morning, and usually it was help cleaning up uh, or giving her space to have a bath at night before the kids or after the kids go to bed. It, it was like that was the practical. Mm-hmm. Those were the self care things. So we picked three things, and we, you know, it wasn't that exact. And then for me, it was similar: quiet in the morning, exercise, and I would try to fit other things in because I was at work. So I would try to, you know, on the way home or whatever. So I think for us, like it's a I'm giving a realistic picture to say, if that is your life, that's totally normal. Like that's Mm -hmm. a very normal time. And then we would try to give each other um, every couple months if that's ideal. And it's not every couple months. Yeah, I wish it was. Once a year. Yeah, (laughs) like a couple days that she can have by herself, a couple days I have by myself as silence and solitude, Mm -hmm. and then time together away. Mm -hmm. And, And that's really, especially in the little years right now, that is about that's realistic with all the needs that are represented. And, and I'm only painting that. fight to get those things. Yes. There, it's, that and, doesn't just, just magically happen. And it does no. really help when your parents slash my in-laws decide to move right down <laughs> yes. the street and allow us to go to Mexico for a week. hey oh, We have never done. We've never done. In almost yeah. 16 years of marriage. Brooke thought it was 15. It's 16. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you don't have to expose all my flaws in this space. So thank you, by the way, yeah. for watching the kids because yeah. that's, that's we a huge We haven't done kid. it yet. We haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, last thing mean? she said last night. You should probably. We were exhausted. And she I goes, know. can you imagine? We're going to. No, You're going to no, do this for seven days. <laughs> for in like seven two days. weeks. In two weeks, we're going to. But just remember this. Be right back. You, if, you switch, so if you switch to mom mode, it'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just, Don't worry. We're already lining you know, up help. Yeah. I wanted to say one thing because yeah. I thought of an Amy quote. I keep okay. writing Amy uh, yeah. down. She's I discipling know. me. She's with. We geez. are talking Amy Carmichael so here. It needs to be said yeah. that this whole thing of dying to yourself and having the heart of a servant goes against everything the world is yeah. saying. But it's not like okay, well, I'll just be a servant because you know I need to be like Jesus, and He said yeah. I should die to myself, and yeah. so I will. Mm-hmm. It's actually the way to joy. Yeah. Because yes. Jesus was actually the mo- also the Thank most. Thank you for pointing that out. He was out. also yeah. the yeah. most joyful person ever to walk the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. He, he was anointed with the oil of gladness, mm. and so. The self-life, me, 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 and I want to be my best life now, and I want this, and I want that, and I want my me time, and all this kind of stuff. You'd think it would lead to this joyful, serving person. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, needs to, it leads to a more selfish person. Yeah. Yes. But yes. Amy, Diane's mentor, mentor uh, it says the soul, she said this, the soul that is constantly, this convicted me, the soul that is constantly thinking of what it likes or does not like, what it wants to do or does not want to do, where it wants to be or does not want to be, that soul is in a cave. Wow. And the verse that she was talking about was Psalm 142, verse 7, bring my soul out of prison. Yeah. So it's like when we live the self-life, it really just becomes a selfish prison. Yep. 
and we go deeper and deeper and it still doesn't satisfy, so it doesn't satisfy, where it is more yeah. blessed to give than to receive. And yes. so the result is a joyful thing. And I think that so good. we want to not have our souls in prison. And we want to teach our kids how to, how have, to have joy. joy too. Well, it's it's going to be through serving. It's the way to the yeah. way to up is down and the most joy. I mean, that, all the, the silly sayings that we've heard is better to give than to receive. That's not silly. People have overused it. That's what makes it silly. But it is truer than ever. It mm. is so much better to give than to receive. It yeah. is such a great gift to be able to give. So first, be aware of the bigger story you're in. Second, how is God using these nothings to help shape you? So ask yourself yeah. that question. Yeah. And then another question, and this is an entitlement question yeah. to check in with yourself, but do you feel better than the little way? Yeah. Do you feel like you are too good for the little way? Mm -hmm. Like this doesn't really apply to you. You are mm -hmm. such an impressive human. God really took all of his energy to, to make you. Yeah. <laughs> you are better than the little way. So mm -hmm. that's not a shame statement to ask yourself. That is a uh, an awareness. Like, do I just, is the reason that I have a hard time laying down my life for other people because I feel too good for it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we have to go into great detail. I think that's, no. that's just a question for you to ask yourself. Yeah. Or I the think listener. where maybe this can come in subtly. Cause I don't, I feel like I've met few parents who are like, man, I'm better than this, better than serving my kids. But I think maybe where it creeps in a little bit more is this is lasting too long. Mm. I shouldn't have to give another bath. Mm -hmm. or I shouldn't well, still have life? to. Yeah. Are you saying yes, something? Or about I, you know, when is the next thing going to come? When am I going to have my moment of influence? Mm -hmm. yeah. When I it's and it's more chafing against the long process. I feel rebuked is, by you right now. <laughs> no, I'm saying to my own self. I think specific. I'm thinking of us specifically, who just the way we spread out our kids have been. In the little years on repeat for the last 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> and we're tired and we're ready to not be in that constant. You know how I wake up, sweetheart? Stage. Ice baths. Join me in it. You <laughs> yeah. will love it. I can't imagine no. a more romantic situation. But, an ice but, bath. But you know, remember this obscurity is if you, you know, Phil reads the Bible through Genesis to Revelation every year. I go yes. way slower. Um, but uh, you know, I'm reading in Exodus the story of Moses and his life. Yes. And um feel like there's just so many riches there. But one of the things is that he, like so many other of the great influencers, let's say it, use that word, the famous great people that we all look back to and say, oh, weren't they amazing? Um, he finds out his identity, understands his identity, and then he goes to the desert and he's in the desert for decades mm. tending sheep the lowest of the low mm -hmm. careers before he led the israelites out of egypt and yes. it's typical way of jesus to put us in a place of of uncomfortable obscurity hard work lowliness that that is the way of jesus when he wants to raise us up into leadership Yes. And so I think we should, We you can't put the cart before the horse. I have the education to be a leader. I have the opportunity. I have the followers, you know, um, but but we don't have the character. Yep. Um, you yeah. learn that character in the desert, tending sheep. And yes. At the home, giving your thousands <laughs> back well, I, or cleaning up the yeah. kitchen yet again. Or um, this is how we learn to be ready to, 
to be a servant leader mm-hmm. for Jesus instead of for our own yes. um, identity. Yeah. And those are the people that live on in our minds, this Teresa, St. Mm-hmm. Teresa that you're talking about. She she didn't live very long. What did she say? She was she was 24. She died of tuberculosis. And yet she's here. We are talking about her, and yeah. um and it's because she chose the little way. And there's something in our soul says, yes, this is the way of Jesus. I want this, yeah. but it's so anti the American way that it's hard. We almost need to hear mm-hmm. it yeah. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Well, the obscurity thing is interesting. I know it's something that's I I've sat in the idea for a long time. I've taken a lot mm-hmm. of notes a lot of thinking about it and uh there's been a handful of things i know i've i've written down personally for it but you know obscurity is actually in many ways it's a great gift uh-huh. and people and it you're is. that's kind of what you're saying it's a great mm-hmm. gift it is. um there was a reason that jesus dwelt in obscurity yes. till he was 30 yeah why didn't we really hear much because he was mm-hmm. literally in obscurity doing very normal mm-hmm. little way type yeah. things learning um, the way of learning the way of his father, studying, mm-hmm. memorizing scripture. He was a carpenter by trade. Um, and as obscurity gives you this chance to develop, to work out all yeah. this evil in your life, mm-hmm. the things that need to be worked out. Mm-hmm. And I would say in the moments of obscurity, I feel like there's even still some of that in, in me for sure. Um, it gives you an opportunity to be able to work on the things that so desperately need to be worked out that can come no other way. And so the little way is an invitation to obscurity, but obscurity is for those who God loves really, really tenderly and close. If you really do have a desire to be used for God, um, you think about, I love this analogy. When you, um, when you hold something as valuable, you put it in obscurity. When you go to a hotel, they Mm -hmm. have a little safe. Why do they have a safe? So you can put the most important things that you have in that safe, in obscurity, because you care for it so much, you're going to put it in obscurity. Think about a baby. Uh, That baby's growing in its womb. If that baby is born before it's supposed to be born, it's not a blessing. It's a curse. And if you have fame or notoriety or these things before you're ready, it is not going to be a gift to you. It will be an absolute curse to you. And so- Mm -hmm. And instead of viewing the little way as death, although it is a form of death, is to actually do what we're all talking about, looking at it the way Jesus said. This is actually the way to life, true life, mm-hmm. the way that God defines it. Mm-hmm. And that might mean the platform or the the space or the influence might be different than you expect, but it will be far better and on his terms and in a beautiful way. So yep. anyway, that's just, I, uh, I think there's just some beauty and mm-hmm. obscurity that we miss sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it's been a huge life lesson mm-hmm. for me. So do you feel better than the little way? Ask yourself that. And last thing, how do we practice these nothings? How do we practice the little way? Is uh, number four, asking yourself, what is God inviting you into? Mm-hmm. What's he inviting you into? Is he mm-hmm. inviting you into the little way? Is he inviting you into a bigger story? Is he inviting you into obscurity? Maybe that's mm-hmm. part of it too. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of that maybe for some listening. So what is God inviting you into? Any thoughts on that before we close out today? I would just add a word to the end. What is God inviting you into today? Because I think especially... Always finding room for improvement. Good job. Good job. But I think especially, you know, we've talked a lot about (laughs) the the season of the little years naturally placing you in the place of the little way and oftentimes obscurity and how actually beautiful that is. But I think it's it's a daily death to self Mm. a daily death to your agenda because 
I can plan all day long, but I can't plan my children out of the equation <laughs> or the things that they might need. And I can have a rough structure of how I want the idea, the day to go, rough idea, but I can not see the people right in front of me if I'm just going to death grip to that plan and make sure it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think especially in those years, it's a daily, God, what are you inviting me into today? That's a good, yeah. that's a good add on. You were right. You thing. found the room for improvement and it was actually <laughs> very helpful. Good, yeah. good, good. Closing thoughts. Uh, just Psalm 37, I come back yes. to all the time, you know, um, starting verse three, trust in the Lord and do good. Um, New American Standard says in the in the margin, cultivate faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And you cultivate faithfulness in obscurity. Mm. Um, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord mm. and he will give you your heart's desires. Now, that doesn't mean that he will give you whatever your heart desires right now. He will shape the desires of Of your heart. heart. Yes. Um, Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Uh, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Uh, Let's see. It goes on down here. It says, um, those who are gentle and lowly, this is the quote that Jesus in the Beatitudes was quoting in Matthew 5, 5. Um, Those who are gentle and lowly will possess the land. They will live in prosperous security. And I think that that is the little way all all through that. Yes, the little way. Yes. You're asking for closing thoughts? Yes. My closing thought um, has to do with what I saw God do in Diane and what I think he's asking of me right now. So a few years back when Diane's mom was in the last, last year of her life, she was living in a assisted living and then she had dementia. So they were going to have to put her in um, memory care. And then they, mm-hmm. they said they couldn't handle her because she was mm-hmm. kind of outspoken and <laughs> her mom was kind of feisty even <laughs> to the very end. She'd go up to the nice desk supports. and say, I'm bored, you know? Yeah. So they basically kicked her out. And Diane was trying to find a place that would take her. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Diane's story to tell. Maybe you told it before in this podcast. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but she felt one morning the Lord inviting her, not yep. ordering her, no. to have her mom come live with her. Yep. And so uh, I won't tell the whole story, but basically she made the decision, yes. Way. And the invitation was, I'm inviting you to die a deeper death that mm-hmm. I might do a more beautiful work in you. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yes, you said that exactly right. So I feel like that's what he's doing in my life in these days, mm-hmm. is inviting me into a, a deeper, deeper death. death. And um, Jesus said in John, it's my last last scripture, John 12, 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Yeah. And yes, that's John that's 12. A great visual. And, and then in John visual. 15, where he talked about where the, He's the vine and we're the branches. He said, every branch that bears fruits, if you're bearing fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more More fruit. fruit. And so I think that's what Elizabeth said, you know, take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. But there's beauty from ashes and there's Mm -hmm. great fruit when we are willing to say it's not all about me. It's about dying a deeper death. And so I love that. That's, that's my, I think that's what God's asking of me. A deeper death. Mm-hmm. He's asking all, and, and inviting us all into that. Yeah. Um, 
I, I would say just a closing thought and also a prayer is um, Psalm 86, verse 11. Um, the, I, I read it the other day and it just stuck out to me. You know, you read verses and you said, we were talking mm-hmm. about this last night, Phil. Mm-hmm. You read verses in light of your life, mm-hmm. uh, in light of what you're going through. But um, it was not only a statement, but it was actually a prayer. It's a prayer of David. And it's teach me more about you, how you work and how you move so that I can walk onward in your truth mm-hmm. until everything within me brings honor to your name. Yeah. Wow. Everything within me. So that's what I want to, I'm going to just pray that over everybody listening mm-hmm. and then we'll close today. But mm-hmm. Father, would you teach us more about you? Would you just show us all who are even listening right now, how you work and how you move so that we can all walk onward in your truth until everything in us brings honor to your name. Would you help us walk in the little way today? Would you help us practice these nothings knowing that they are the way to life, the way to holiness, the way to godliness, and the real way to what you call flourishing? So bless us in our endeavors. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit and we rely on the generous giving of our partners. So please head over to our website, intentionalparents.org slash give if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know would be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families.